0: Intertextual cardboard experience. Hello, and welcome to Intertextual Cardboard Experience. A special guest today in Stephen Aramini, designer of some games that we're going to be talking about. how How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, so I'm going to eventually get down to some of the kind of like uh, nuts and bolts uh, with the the organization of this uh, podcast, but kind of the first section that I just wanted to check in on with you was just uh, some basic introductory uh, stuff, you know, about you, what got you into games, game designs, and, you know, what other hobbies and interests do uh, you have?
1: Uh, Yeah. So I guess I'll start with how I got into game design, which was uh, around 2013, I think. Um And um, ironically, I got into game design before I got into board gaming, which sounds very weird. But um, I uh, just wanted to take on a game design project um, more as like an art exercise. And my, my scope of like what board games were was like super limited, you know, like Monopoly and... Uh, uno and those types of games and so i didn't really kind of even know there was this whole world of of board gaming and um but so so i i just went about creating a a a board game that i partnered up with uh my friend dan thompson who did the art and we put together a, a game called payload which was a train themed essentially uno game and uh, that ended up becoming Yardmaster, which was my first published game, um, and I had put the art together and stuff for it, and I had really no concept of what to do with it. Like I, I didn't like think ahead of like, okay, now that I've created this game, what am I going to do with it? And, um, and just through you know different means, I ended up um, finding a meetup, a board game meetup here in uh, where I live in Reno. And met someone that uh, said you should enter this in a contest, and there was a contest in a in a not too far away uh, convention called SaltCon. So I entered that in uh, what was called the Ion Award, and it ended up winning and finding a publisher that way. Um, and so I, I sort of you know backed into the hobby, um, and then once I kind of learned about the hobby, then it just kind of opened the floodgates of you know all of the different games that are out there and all the different mechanics and and then I was of course hooked because I had success with my very first game so I was like oh man I this is this is great so um so that's kind of how I got into board gaming and game design sort of fell into it um but as far as like uh other things uh beyond board games um you know I have I have a wife I have uh, two cats i have a dog uh and we live here in reno which is in sierra nevada um mountains so there's a lot of cool outdoor activities so i like doing a lot of outdoor activities camping um traveling uh those kinds of things when the when the weather permits (laughs) um yeah
0: no uh, no nice weather right now for you
1: uh it's pretty dry right now but it's it's really cold but yeah last last year was like unprecedented unprecedented amounts of snow in our area we you know in the mountains we had like oh my gosh it was like 700 inches of snow or something so we were we were (laughs) snowed in for a good four months and i'm i'm not like a winter person like i grew up skiing and stuff but i don't um now i just want it to be summer (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, that's that's fair that's that's a crazy amount of snow Uh, yes (laughs) that's awesome all right. Yeah. That's uh honestly very, very interesting as to, you know, kind of how you got into the hobby. And now, I mean, you're, you're, you're sitting at like that, that decade-ish mark, like 10 years or so and of like, you know, designing and then, you know, entering and, and doing all sorts of other things too. So that's like a, like a good mark. And it is also interesting to me just like, what you're talking about with, you know, a lot of like initial perceptions as to like what, you know, board games are and then what your perceptions are and then, and then seeing these other things, but then kind of like probably really rapidly changing uh, your idea as you were like making your own games and seeing all these other things that existed too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, um, it's an, it's a never ending kind of, um, experience and education because I feel like every time I play a new board game it brings something new into my brain um whether it's just you know enjoying that or giving me ideas for for future game designs but yeah
0: awesome okay cool so like I said just uh some introductory stuff to start and now now you're going to get uh my apologies a little bit of some of the, the nuts and bolts of the, like the format that I have for you. So uh, first, first things first, like I kind of have like three main sections of types of or clumped questions. I think, I think they'll all make sense. Uh, one thing that I'm going to, it's like a, it's a new year uh, that we're having this interview and I've been trying to incorporate some you know feedback uh, with, with the podcast and, I've had a lot of really awesome conversations, but I have kind of noticed and, you know, a couple people who are definitely less familiar with, you know, particular designers or games have kind of said, well, I don't necessarily know what the game is about. And this is more conversational, more interview based. So it's not necessarily about mechanisms. A hundred percent. So I'll like before we talk about a game in depth, I'll do like a very poor explanation uh you can kind of sign off on it or be like oh that's terrible let me <laughs> let me let me fix that and then uh, and then yeah so first things first uh you know what like some of the games that i want to talk about are are a few of your button shy games and the ones that you know i'm more familiar with and then and then maybe some ones that i'm you know less familiar with and i i mean i know them all but i've i've played a ton of the Opolis games and that's where my my experience uh comes in but uh sprawlopolis was the first one in that series and button shy for anybody who is not super familiar you know 18 cards is the design and for sprawlopolis and moving forward 18 double-sided cards one side you have is divided into four sections and you're trying to like match up uh similar locations or areas while trying to meet the scoring requirements that are on the back of three of the cards that you don't play. So that's my very poor explanation of like Sprawlopolis moving forward. Does that work?
1: That's brilliant.
0: <laughs> okay. Alright. Okay, so that's good. So uh, working through that too, I kind of have like this, uh, another sprawling uh, meta thought for the episode. But I'm going to Kind of give myself three scoring cards for for this episode too. So this is self-reflective on me. But each each chunk, maybe I'll I'll score myself. And let's put it this way: I've played. Oof, I, I didn't actually look at the number right before this, but I probably played between sprawlopolis Agropolis, and now Natropolis. I don't know 60, 60 or so games, and it's not like the biggest achievement because they're pretty quick. But that's still that's still a lot of gaming. Yeah, between the three, I. I love them. I lose at them quite frequently. <laughs> and I guess I guess that means I love losing. So let's see if I can lose my my interview challenge. And I'm going to be like rating myself on things that I know I definitely do with vocal fillers. I sometimes have questions that they wind up differing greatly in their meaning than than the way I deliver them. <laughs> so that's condition 2. And then condition three is I say nice, neat, cool, I like that, or that makes a lot of sense. Those I just say them all the time. <laughs> and I, I guess like the, the positive here is I I have this in the back of my head, but just like just like in sprawlopolis or agropolis, like I know what the scoring conditions are. And sometimes I just go for it and and just make the best looking <laughs> thing and and lose no matter what. But that is what it is. Quick Interrupting Future Me, these Opolis inspired interview uh, scoring cards of sorts, actually weren't really uh, brought up later due to timing, but I did uh, draft up uh, some cards, so check out the, the show notes, they'll be linked, they're kind of funny, definitely complete nonsense, and despite the fact that i uh, typically will lose at Sprawlopolis, agraulus, Metropolis, this episode is definitely a winner. Uh, so keep listening to it. Uh, enough with interrupting me and back to the show. Okay. So we're we're on to like you. Uh, that's that's a huge I don't even know, tangent, but we're off of that. So you know, thinking about uh, your designs for, you know, your button shy games. Obviously, they are an exercise in minimal minimalism, like really trying to pare it down to as little as possible. I have to imagine that that is like quite uh, difficult. So I'm kind of curious about your your thought process and the way that the designs. Uh, work and, and trying to pare it down to those 18 cards in addition to working with uh, co-designers on those types of games?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it, as far as Buttonshine, those 18-card games go, that actually started with Circle the Wagons prior to Sprawlopolis, um, and Circle the Wagons used the same system, basically, of 18 cards, four broken into four. The backsides has got the, the rules. It was a two player competitive game. So, um, so that actually informed Sprawlopolis, just the success of that formula. And we sort of ported that over to a sort of solo or co op experience. But for Circle the Wagons, um, it really it was just in response to a, a contest that Buttonshy had. And, you know, when you're a beginning designer, you're just, you're trying to scratch and claw and get your, your foot in the door in the industry, any way you can. So early on, I was entering a lot of contests um, just to try and get, get something picked up. And so that's really what the catalyst was for creating circle of wagons and the 18 card format. I didn't choose the 18 card format. It sort of chose me by saying, Hey, we, we, we want to enter this contest as a way to maybe get our foot in the, in the door. So, um, that's kind of how we arrived at that 18 card was just, that was the, the restriction of it. And then from there, um, yeah, I think it was definitely that minimalist approach is, um, it's definitely challenging because there, there is that danger of trying to shove too much into a small package and and having it feel forced or compromised. So, you know, we we tried to avoid that um, with with just having like one sort of simple system that um, that just seemed to create the variability um, that I think is pretty hard to achieve with eighteen cards, you know um so so we kind of we kind of hit upon a system that that seemed to work um and then you know I kind of brought it initially to my friends uh Danny and Paul who also live in Reno uh or Paul doesn't anymore but at the time he he did so I just you know we would play test uh other people's stuff and then we just kind of said let's do this as co-design because we would meet at lunch every day and play it and just kind of try to fine tune it and work on how it worked. And, um, you know, I think working with the co-designers is great. I have done it on a lot of my games, honestly, because, um, it's just so much, um, to me, easier to sort of design, not in a vacuum or in secrecy and just kind of bounce ideas off and get other perspectives. So like, um, you know i i feel like the co-design thing is is something that i think and ultimately is creates creates a better game but um but yeah basically um yeah i don't know if i don't know what more to say about about that i don't know how far in the weeds i should go but but that was kind of the initial the initial approach to just that
0: Awesome. Yeah, there are a couple couple funny things, uh, fun, not funny things in there that I that I quite liked. So uh, you mentioned you know Danny Divine and, and Paul Kluka, and that's one of the things I was going to ask because you, you you said kind of like we and and that was that was I guess for getting into these you know earlier button shy uh, competitions or contests. That was that was like the intent from the get go is just working with those two and, and putting something together.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, yeah, we just, uh, we would just meet up at lunches and play games. And so we were just meeting up so often playing games and then it was just like, Hey, I got this game. You want to kick around these ideas? And, you know, um, the original circle of wagons was not a circle. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a straight line and you were kind of doing the, the, the wagon train from one end to the other. And it was this big long line of cards. And then, um, uh, I don't even remember who came up with, <laughs> but we, we changed it to the circle just cause it made for a more interesting draft and, um, yeah. So just like little iterations like that. But, um, those were just things that every time we'd get together, we just kind of fine tune the game and we had to, that had to come together pretty quickly also. Cause I think we had like a month to, um, to pull it together in time for the contest. So.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. that that's neat you know well for first off having it start in line you know obviously if that was the case you know you're starting at card one presumably that's the way you had it no matter what now you have the option of having the opponent pick where you're starting instead just adds that uh variability that extra kind of little bit of strategy and then also plays into the title too exactly yeah (laughs) great and uh, oh yeah and and you you mentioned that Circle the wagons kind of then prompted the work into sprawlopolis and then subsequent uh kind of like iterations and and redesigns of that too and that's funny because i well talking about kind of like ordering i i played you know those and then was kind of like hey like you should check out circle the wagon so the way i would explain circle the wagons would be you know competitive sprawlopolis even though (laughs) that's the one that came first so
1: yeah for and most people honestly discover sprawlopolis first so or they don't even know about circle the wagons but yeah i mean sprawlopolis definitely is the one that has the most familiarity for sure
0: yeah and like i said i've gotten like you know a ton ton of uh seeing it out there and people talking about circle the wagons too and and I'm glad that I have all of them, and and a good good kind of segue. I have, as far as I know, probably all of the uh, expansion and combination uh, stuff for for all the Opus games. So, uh, kind of speaking on that a little bit. This is uh, 100% honesty. I have all of them. I, I mentioned <laughs> that I played all the the individual games bunch. I have not combined them in any way i i want Mm -hmm. to i don't know why i haven't i don't know if i'm intimidated i don't know if i feel like i'm gonna lose by even more than i typically do like i i really couldn't speak on that a ton uh but i guess uh do you have like any notes or thoughts on you know like any like expansions or the way that they have been combined with the combopolis uh stuff or anything like that that you just have any fun insights on or, or any, any thoughts about?
1: Um, I think in general, the expansions probably are only for like the, the more, I don't know the inner circle of sprawl play players. I I would say majority of people just play with the base games. Um, but, uh, we wanted to, when we came out with agropolis, we wanted to, create the combo that, uh, because we just, it was one of those things where they were getting requests, you know, Chai um, has like this huge discord community. They were getting a lot of requests of like, you know, are we going to be able to combine these games? And so that was the big design challenge with combining them was how to do it. Because I think the initial instinct is just, you know, mash them together and build a really big community and Um, That just doesn't work. (laughs) It creates a mess, honestly, uh, especially with the way the scoring is. So we had to uh, create a way to like sort of keep the same footprint, but combine them. So we, so that one does tweak the rules a little bit where you're, where you're, you know, deciding which you have to decide do i play a card from sprawl or do i play a card from agropolis you don't get to choose both each turn and then you you um have some scoring criteria that sort of overlap and and sort of reward for for mixing and matching so it was a little bit different system but um yeah we we thought it turned out um pretty well and then of course naturally when we came out with naturopolis we needed to do well, now you can combine the Agropolis, <laughs> Naturopolis, and uh Naturopolis and sprawl. And then uh, you know, and then we're like, well, someone's someone's gonna want to mash them all together. So that was <laughs> Ultimopolis, which um, you know, was is kind of bonkers. But um, but yeah, the those were um fun to put together. Uh I in all honesty, we're I think I feel like we we have exhausted that whole uh <laughs> um approach uh danny and i are certainly sick of creating um more scoring conditions i i think we've got i think we're up to like a hundred now um <laughs> between all all the other expansions but oh, as far yeah. as the all the other little expansions those were just kind of fun you know little add-ons um just to kind of shake things up and um some you know some might hit hit somebody and others might not like you know like like beaches which actually um jason had put together we just sort of supported him on that but beaches is probably the most popular one and i think that one does a really great job of kind of mixing it up with just some simple four cards to kind of give it a new thing but yeah i mean the the little expansion stuff is is just kind of a staple of button chise stuff and um and uh you know when we when we designed the 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 core games the core 18 we aren't really even thinking about that stuff all that stuff just kind of comes out of it of like okay what are ways we can just shake it up and create some more variability because there are people that do play it you know like i know you've played it quite a bit but i mean there are some people that have played it thousands of times (laughs) which is insane but um
0: it's, it's a perfect type of game to get, you know, like I said, so many different plays in and, you know, especially like if you want to approach it in different ways with the different expansions or combining them or, you know, really trying to like actually win or <laughs> which I mean, I guess would be the goal of the game or just playing around and, and like messing around. Like, I don't know, there, like sometimes I'll be you know, super, super critical or super analytical. They're like, okay, you know, I've got these scoring conditions. This is the way I'm going to maximize them all. Sometimes I'm very just kind of like intuition. I'm like, I think if I do this, this, and this, that it's all going to work out uh, super well for me. And, you know, sometimes the, the ones where I just go on that intuition, like I'll win. I'm like, hey, that was great. Sometimes the ones where I overanalyze i do terribly so i don't (laughs) i don't know what the best approach is uh for my brain but i don't i don't really care i'll keep playing it and now with us talking and and my admittance of never uh combining them i definitely i'll give myself that assignment like (laughs) the next like week and a half i mean i I can't imagine that i won't be able to figure it out whether or not i'll win or do well that's a different story but i definitely will (laughs) So I got okay. One one more kind of like collaboration question, and this is this is like a like a thought. Um, and you know, I, I mentioned kind of like at the onset of the like collaboration and and really trying to pack everything into that uh, minimalist like necessity of you know the button shy games and the competitions and everything like that. I I know that the, this isn't the way that it's done but i i just i just think especially with that set format of the cards and having a few different designers i, I kind of have like a funny vision or just like a little comic in my head like i'll take six cards you take six cards <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm assuming that's not the case but like how would you then Kind of, especially mm-hmm. I'd have to assume it's hinging on all of those different scoring cards, like you said. You're up to like hundred or so of them now. Like, how how do you like work through that, play test it, and and really figure out which ones you're going with, or which iterations you're making from you know Sprawlopolis to agropolis, or I guess anything like that.
1: That's yeah. I mean, with with a co-design in its beginning stage it usually starts with one of one designer going to the other designer with an idea or some rough theme mechanics type stuff and then you know sometimes that shakes out where it is just like it's it's a single designer and they just get some input you know from the play tests and other times it's like you know uh it's sort of like hey i i I have some beginnings of ideas, let's collaborate on it. And you know, you, you know, you're going to need more of that back and forth. And so it's worked that way sometimes where, you know, um, it's, it's sort of like Danny's got his DNA on that game. So it's, it's Danny's game and I might be just a play tester that's contributing to it, but then in other instances, we feel like we're just kind of sharing enough of the ideas that a co-design seems to work. But so, so it usually starts with one one person's kind of core idea and then the other kind of makes it helps bring it to life um, and kind of almost works like in a developer role early on to kind of get it shaped up. And then, and then from there, there's a lot of back and forth Uh, in terms of like sprawl and like the sequels and stuff. um, We have, we just put together a spreadsheet, like a Google, you know, doc or spreadsheet and just start jotting down ideas and, Um, a lot of times it'll start with a a name. We're very stupid and punny with our names in all of the (laughs) sprawl games. Um, and sometimes those names will like actually inform the rule. Um, and, um, you know, like we're coming out with a sequel to circle the wagons this year, Mm -hmm. which is just another 18 goals. Um, and a, and a way to basically combine both of them into a two round, game but it's you know if you're a fan of the original circle of wagons it's just like more of more of the goals and more of the same of what you like and a little twist on it but in that case like danny and i went to bgg con uh together in what november and we we made that whole game on the plane um (laughs) so we sat next to each other and, and and between the plane trip there and the plane trip back we designed all 18 cards so Um, now it's just a matter of just been testing them and stuff and tweaking them. But like, that was like a true collaboration where we were just kicking around ideas the whole time on the plane. Um, and that all pretty much came together on, on a flight.
0: Oh, that's, I, I, that's super interesting, you know, you know, having, having the ability to kind of mess around with different you know approaches to that collaboration like you said you know developer designer completely together just like bouncing off ideas and working in that way i i mean getting to interview all sorts of different mm-hmm. people and hearing some of these stories about oh you know i designed this game in or two games in a week or we designed it on a plane <laughs> <laughs> well you know that's I, uh, that's super uh unique and interesting and just kind of like you know to me and my goal, and hopefully, uh, people listening just can kind of add to their experience and their understanding of of the games as well. Okay, um, so kind of kind of like wrap up uh, question. So I have like capping off each section, and I think the next section is going to be quite a bit shorter. Uh, before we get to kind of like the final one, is is this idea of kind of like hidden gems? So obviously. You know your games uh, within the Button Chai catalog. The ones we've mentioned are, you know, super uh, popular. A lot of people love them and recommend them, and and then they you know keep getting expanded upon and and reiterated. But do you have any games in the the Button Chai catalog? I, not necessarily even yours, but just ones that you feel are kind of like like a hidden gem that you want more people to know about. Um.
1: Yeah, I would, I would say making Manhattan is, is a favorite, um, uh, John Wood designed that, but I got to play test that and, and be involved in the early stages of that. And that one, I I think just kind of hits, hits the kind of puzzly, um, nature of what I like about button shy games. And so, um, you know, that one I think is, is kind of a hidden hidden gem because I don't think a lot of people know about it. It didn't get a Kickstarter. It was just released, you know, on their website and obviously went out to the, the, um, board game of the month people, but it didn't get like a wider release. So I think a lot of people just don't know about it, but it's just, you know, it's just a fun little, um, city building puzzle. So maybe I like it cause it's, sprawl is a city builder, (laughs) but it's very different, you know, it's very different. Um, and, um, so I think that one's, that one's one, um, that immediately comes to mind.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I just, well, I mean, you said it, I, I had BGG open already, so I typed it in and now, well, it's saved in my recently viewed and I'll, I'll definitely look at it more. Yeah. It looks really cool. I like the, I like the style and it definitely looks quite different than, like sprawlopolis or or something like that too so
1: yeah that probably my other favorite one that is it's not totally unknown but it's it's one of the lesser known ones it's called wonder tales and that one's um it's really charming our charming theme and uh it's just really fun to like um it's like a spatial kind of uh adjacency puzzle again kind of tickles the Uh, the part of my brain that I really like uh, because, you know, sprawl does a lot of those same things, you know, this adjacent to that. And it has a lot of that. um, And um, so that's another really fun one. uh, That's kind of a hidden gem, I'd say.
0: yeah. uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm straining and listeners won't understand. I, uh, (laughs) I, uh, I have a bunch of bunch like a box of I don't even know at this point like 30 40 of them but two the two you mentioned are ones that I don't own so I'm yeah looking for hidden gems to, that's that's the point I get all the in, <laughs> I get all the insider information this way so cool okay Um, very neat we'll be moving on to kind of like the middle section I think this is going to be relatively uh, quick but uh, we'll we'll pull peel back the curtain and and unfortunately like well not really nuts and bolts stuff here but you know i think my i wouldn't even call it research process but prep process for uh, getting you know these interviews set up is well it's nice it's easy a i get to play games that i've already played or b i get to play games that i wanted to play and then i can poke around on the internet check out you know social media youtube interviews, uh, websites of particular designers, anything along those lines, and so I was kind of looking at, well, X uh, or Twitter from you, kind of like in the spring of, of 2023, and it looked like you were kind of pulling up a lot of, you know, older designs or things <laughs> that you had had been kicking around and, and were wanting to, uh, like, revisit, and then obviously, you know, we're going to be getting to Flip Town as kind of, like, the, the final uh, chunk or it's tied to that final chunk of questions that I have for you. But like so you obviously don't just do the the button shy games. Uh, you've got uh, like quite a variety of different types of designs. and so I guess, you know, like to to me and this is something that I've been uh, learning a little bit more about through the interview process too. Is the fact that you know you might like design a game and then then like the final published product will come out you know, a couple couple years later or something like that. I mean timelines vary obviously depending on the mode in which they're delivered. But I guess uh, for you like like your thoughts on like <clears throat> kind of like your designs across like all the different uh, variety that you have and, and revisiting older ideas and everything like that. Like what sort of things are you thinking about in like design space now, you know, 10 plus years later into, uh, the hobby and, and what you're trying to accomplish and and all the different like variety, I guess. I'm not sure if that's a question, question enough.
1: Yeah, I can ramble. <laughs> I can pick up, I can pick it up and run with it from there. Um, yeah, I mean, um, For me, I am never working on one project. So I always have design projects in various stages. Some are like paper sketches or loose ideas in my, in my brain. Others are like very early conceptual. Some are in, you know, early testing. Some are in like pretty polished testing, but haven't gotten it to a publisher. Some are with a publisher, um, signed and some are in, you know, in the publication queue. So I have ones in like all these different stages. And I think for me, that method just works really well because at the end of the day, this is still a hobby. You know, I have a day job. I, I, so I work on this stuff at night and on weekends and stuff. And I have always kind of said to myself, like, I don't want it to be feel like, you know, work or a chore to work on things there are elements that can be chores um especially uh, uh when it comes to the publishing side of things which i have now i am dabbling in but um but i think just like being able to bounce from like i don't feel like working on that game right now i feel like working on this game right now it just kind of keeps me kind of um motivated and kind of uh excited to work on that project and if i'm not excited to work on it i generally don't work on it now now sometimes i have to if i'm like under a deadline with a publisher or something or i have to uh get something uh done by by a deadline then then you have to just kind of power through and get certain things done but a lot of the the creative aspects you just i just kind of work on them when i when i want to and sometimes they work out and turn into published games and sometimes they don't like you mentioned on twitter you know i i I was like, hey, I was resurrecting these old ideas. Um, and sometimes those actually, I take parts of those and plug them into a new game six months or a year or years down the road where I, I'm i like, it, it never really leaves my brain as an idea I liked. Um, in fact, one of those games, I think it was uh, like a little castle building, 3D block building game. I'm still working on that. Like actually with my friend Janice who... We're, we're working on it right now. Like she, she sent me stuff like two days ago to look at. So, um, so yeah, I'm always, I'm always like, there, there are no dead ideas. They all just gonna get put on the back burner or thrown in the, uh, pile of something from there. I liked for some reason, even though I couldn't make it work out. So I might, I might resurrect it and bring, bring part of that back or repurpose it down the road.
0: I like that process a lot i feel i feel like well i definitely i say this i don't make games i i have i have some docs where i throw some stuff around but i i don't know maybe i'm afraid uh I'm yeah. afraid of a lot of things but <laughs> but nonetheless i i think you know uh, i've talked about a little bit before but kind of my process with the like these interviews has changed uh, a bit too and it was something that I had a couple years ago, and kicked around, and and tweaked, and, and redid a little. So I I'm all for having as many things exist in as many places, and resurrecting them, and and grabbing. I think that's I, don't, I just.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I feel
0: that. And it's a
1: process, right? That just like being an interviewer or doing a podcast, you know, yeah, you experiment, you go, this worked pretty well. This didn't work as well. This let's try this next time. And it's the same thing with da- game design. It's like anybody who starts game design is probably going to be not a very good game designer because you just don't know it. It's just it's it's hard to understand. And And the more you do game design, hopefully, the more you can kind of improve on that craft um and you know i'm still you know trying to learn every day and get better and sometimes you put 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 a product out there and and it hits and sometimes you put something out there and you're like yeah you know maybe that wasn't the best game or my best effort or there were flaws with it and and you live and you know live to fight another day and learn from it get better
0: cool well that's kind of also kind of a another little good segue then so i mean you you mentioned how you know different games uh might kind of like hit or or catch at different times and you know maybe maybe some of that is linked to like what you said there may have been like little flaws or or what have you or maybe it's just like a timing thing i mean honestly when it comes to like success of anything you know i think timing is, is and is always a very interesting element too. So I'm going to have revisit that kind of question from the 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 button shy topic and and apply it to you. So obviously you have like a a slew of uh, popular games games that people love and play a ton. Do you feel like there are any that maybe fall into that category of not quite hitting the way you thought they would be and and are are a hidden gem to you out of your design
1: um well uh most of my games you know are from small independent uh publishers so i i think a lot of them probably are fairly unknown in the greater gaming world i i would say sprawl Ovalos is is probably the one game that when you mention it to gamers, they might be like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Um, most of the other games that I have put out are 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 probably <laughs> hidden, whether they're gems or not. Uh, you know, I don't know. But um yeah, I mean I, I guess I would point to um a really hidden one that very few people know called Coin and Coin and Crown, which um was one of the first games I ever made, uh, and I made it for a the game crafter. They had a contest on the game crafter and um I I made it there and and that was just kind of like something that I I put together with um, my friend Janice and um we just you know, we had a good time putting it together and she did all the art for it. and you know it's um you know, it's very uh kind of a novice approach cuz we were really in the beginning stages and stuff and um but uh i i i think that it um has a very stark minimalist look and um and i you know obviously a very small publisher and uh very early in my design quote career um so that one that one was was one that is very hidden but i've always kind of liked it <laughs> yeah I've always really liked the the mechanics and the idea of it. Um, I don't know that's like the perfect game, but i I really liked um, and for those that don't know, the the basic premise is it's a a bag builder. Um, but what you're building in your bag is uh, your economy. So it's a coin bag builder. So you start with, you know some bronze and silver coins, and then over the course of the game, you you can upgrade and get more silver, more gold and, you know, as you pull coins out of the bag, you basically um, are able to buy bigger and better things to improve your kingdom and stuff. So that core premise, I really like that. Um, and I thought that was a pretty fun one that I I still haven't really seen uh, in the market. Um, so who knows, maybe I'll re- revisit that one someday and try to put out a bigger, better version of it.
0: Hell, yeah, like you said, you, I mean, you you mentioned how you like kind of some of the, like minimalistic style and everything like that and you know I'm, I'm clicking around and looking at it combine that with like an interesting bag building mechanic and well you have me very intrigued so <laughs> thank, thank you for pointing to that game cool we'll uh we'll kind of like move to the final uh main main section now and well you you just mentioned that you know when people are talking about like you and your designs They'll know, you know, Sprawlopolis. But I think one of the the games that's probably going to keep popping up uh, more and more. And I think I mentioned before is is Flip Town, which is your most recent uh, published game. Oh man, what, the, when the games come in and when I play them, kind of vary. But this one, I I think I got <clears throat> from from shipping box to unwrapping to reading and playing relatively quickly and. And I know it came before you know December, but I think I, I really dove into it late November, early December with a lot of uh, quick sub- subsequent uh plays of it. And uh, here, here's my very poor explanation, uh, fix, fix if you need to. But it is a game in the well, now like flipping right uh genre where you have a standard deck of cards, uh, you're revealing three of them, and you have what's it, five five turns each round? Is that the right number? Yep. Okay, five turns each round. And you're, oh yeah, that makes sense. You're building a poker hand. <laughs> so I guess that the mechanism makes sense with the numbers too. And then you're using the suit of one card and uh, the number of other. And the suit goes to one of the four kind of like main areas of the board. And the number kind of differentiates what you can do with it, within each space. And it's been... Uh, being received super well. A lot of people uh, quite like it. Uh, I am one of those people. It's been kind of described as a like a sandboxy flip and right, which I don't think many necessarily are. And uh, and yeah, that's kind of gonna springboard us into the western bit. but, uh, any thoughts or things that I got wrong there? <laughs>
1: No, I mean, the the big dis- differentiator in that one is that's that was published by me. All, all the other games um, that I have out there in the wild are all other publishers where I just signed the game with them and then they published it. And this was one where I I wanted to try and take on making a game myself being not only the designer, but the publisher
0: cool well congrats on that that first publication and not just having a very successful design but a very successful first publication too and one that like i said i think i've seen popping up more and more people playing it and liking it and and i'll be one of those people to keep uh, doing that and promoting it in as small or biggest spaces as i can too (laughs) so cool so the the final section then is kind of based on you know flip town and, and western so you know your first your very first uh design game was oh no sorry the sorry the first button shy game was C- circle the wagons having that kind of like western feel and then now flip town western feel and my kind of conceptualization of like like a western i don't have like the strongest knowledge But I mean, I guess to me, I can kind of throw all these things together. So first off, like the idea of like the Western, is that something that is kind of frequently like on your mind? Do you incorporate place like being in Reno uh, into your design? Are there any kind of like movies, books, games or anything else that really make you think like Western game and, and trying to you know create this uh unique western standboxy flipping right
1: <laughs> um so i i won't i won't say i'm like this huge western aficionado <laughs> or fan of of the the genre from like a movie or book or other sort of entertainment standpoint um uh i don't really, i couldn't even tell you why we picked or why I picked circle of wagons, uh, Western theme for that one. Um, I, I don't even recall why, but, um, <laughs> uh, but as far as like flip town goes, um, really that one, the, the mechanics informed the theme, honestly, where I, I just, uh, had seen a ton of rolling rights, um, you know, where you're rolling the dice and I hadn't seen, really at the time i created it now there's a couple other ones that are out there but i hadn't really seen like a standard poker deck that was the randomizer um and so i was like i you know i think i could make a pretty cool cool one and and just poker just the poker cards you know i do live in reno where there's gambling (laughs) everywhere so um you know i just my brain went to gambling and when my brain went to gambling it went to you know, Old West. And so that's kind of why I kind of themed that in, in the Old West. And then from there, things just kind of fell into place in terms of, um, you know, the I think the beauty of the Western genre, the Wild West genre, I should say, per, um, is just that there is that sandbox feel. You know, I had played like Western Legends and it does definitely have that sandbox feel of, you know there there are questions of morality. You know, do, uh, do you want to be a good guy or a bad guy? Um, do you want to do um, nefarious things, or do you want to um, be be a be a deputy or a sheriff and do good things? Um, and just that wide open kind of sort of no rules or make your own rules. I guess I could say um, of that whole period of our history and, and that whole genre just kind of lent itself really well to, to the type of roll and write, flip and write that I wanted to make, which was like you said, very sandboxy. I just, I wanted people to be able to go, I want to try this strategy over here. I want to rob a bunch of things this time, but knowing there's consequences. So in the game, there are are wanted posters that you acquire. So if you're going to be doing, um, Bad things. You have to account for those consequences in the game. Um, but if you don't want to, you can you can do other things that are more forthright and will will maybe win <laughs> win the game for you. So um so the theme was really dictated by the the poker deck, but then the the theme really lent itself really well to the style of game I I the open kind of style of game I wanted to play or make.
0: That's that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I think. You know, I, I've i had, I don't know what I'm up to for that. Pushing, probably pushing 10, 10 games already. But, you know, early on, the one that kind of like stuck out to me and, and really had me thinking about just like the the little stories that the game was creating was I I, I didn't do any Badlands like stuff early. I just kind of was like, you know what, I'll do the more wholesome work and just kind of gain my points. But then I was at the town and I think, like, I, I'm not sure if I couldn't. Uh, change the value of my number, or I just had it where I was at the store that you could buy the gun. I'm like, eh, sure. <laughs> and then I think I, I think it came up like again within like a turn or two. It's like, all right, we're we're going all in. And then and then I just started going for all the biggest uh, you know, targets to like Robin, Robin, Luton as I could, like, and that was the game. That's what changed, So <laughs> So I thought that was funny. So I guess. You said that you you're not much of a Western aficionado, but I guess then the reverse question has uh making this game like inspired you to watch anymore or has there been like any dabbling in like movies or or any other things based um, on
1: I mean, no, not not really, but if you look closely, you know, at Flip Town, you'll probably see a few nods to like some things that are out there like you know one of the characters is the man in black so you know kind of pulling from Westworld a little bit there or you know when I was growing up I was a big fan of Tombstone so I was like well I have to have White Earp and Doc Holliday and in the campaign there's you can you can be a dep you can get a deputy badge or you can be a bad cowboy and and get the red sash so there's some like little nods to some of some of the, um, some of those types of, uh, movies and stuff, but, um, but no, I, I, I will confess I've never read a Western novel in my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, movies, I, you know, there's a ton of great old Westerns and stuff, but I just, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't have a ton of knowledge of them, to be honest. I think, I think that, More so just the idea of there's just some certain genres that I think are appealing to a lot of game designers because they have that sort of, you know, you're not sort of, you don't have these guardrails of, of having to conform to And I think Western's one of them. Um, I've never made a pirate game, but I think that's another really popular genre because it's like, oh, pirates can do whatever they want. They don't have to conform (laughs) to the rules, Um, you know, same with like outer space it's like kind of like oh well you know there's no laws in outer space so i think it uh, not that it all has to kind of point to like being bad and stuff but it it that's definitely a recurring thing when you get into these sort of like um sort of uh themes that kind of go away from our modern reality of um you know living by the rules and living by the 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 everyday that we know so there's that sort of appeal of like you know you can you can kind of shape the world you want um and i think there's a lot of appeal in that
0: yeah i think i think i mentioned at the start of like this little section that i'm definitely less familiar and and you mentioned that you haven't read you know like a western novel i i honestly didn't even really think about you know Western novels or books before even you know constructing some of these questions and thinking about them like I I don't read a ton of genre genre quote unquote fiction in general definitely started to read more like sci-fi uh, the past couple of years and I'm like oh yeah like it makes sense if there are western novels so I just kind of started looking at some of the more famous ones but yeah my 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 cinema knowledge when it comes to westerns isn't super big and. I mean I think my biggest experience outside of a couple board games now would be like very minimal amount of Red Dead Redemption as a, as a video game. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh really good segue to kind of like my my wrap up questions. Uh so thinking about this is like a standard well standard for me now question is like having you reflect on like any text uh whether that's you know a book uh show movie game board game video game song album like whatever that has kind of been stuck on your mind lately has there been something that you've like watched or played or listened to that's really it's not left your brain
1: um hmm well uh yeah it's hard to break my brain from board <laughs> games um cuz i live that so much um but uh yeah i guess i i guess i would i'd probably trying to trying to think of a good answer here <laughs>
0: <laughs> all answers are good as long as it's stuck in the in the mind
1: <laughs> i don't know my 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 brain goes to a show just a show we're just watching right now um it's on netflix it's called connected um and it's it's kind of a documentary but it's it's interesting because it's about uh the connections in life that sort of tie tie seemingly random or unconnected things together in our world and so it's just been a kind of interesting show that we've been watching lately and um you know there's like there's one show about dust you know for example and it's and it's like the dust that's um that starts in the sahara desert and then lifts up and how it affects the the entire world you know from the oceans to space to the amazon um and kind of everything in between so uh that show uh has just kind of been stuck in my brain because uh, I think it's um, it's just an interesting take about how everything we do has, has a consequence and a connection to everything else we do um, for good and for bad. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know that that has anything to do with board games, but maybe there's a way you can find it, find it. But uh, (laughs) I know, I know uh, that's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be the answer, but yeah, that was just the one thing that kind of, Recently, I think, cause it's just recent in my brain.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, this, the, I mean, we kind of dabbled in like Westerns and stuff for a second and kind of collaboration and like some of the stories uh, that you had for your designs. But the point of this podcast is to open it up to other things. And it is funny too. Like I've definitely had a number of instances where, you know, talking to people, uh, you know, what, not everybody has talked to has been a designer, but like talking to designers and sometimes the the show or or the book that they has been on their mind is something they're like thinking about how they would design that if like they were going to take some element or, or the story and translate into game sometimes. sometimes Oh yeah. I I mean, I,
1: it's like, I always look through, I look at the world through the lens of board games cause I'm so entrenched in it. So like there's ev- anything out there. I'm like, that'd be a kind of a cool board game. <laughs> um, so I'm always, I'm always thinking in those, in those terms.
0: Well, maybe, maybe someday you'll make a big global connection scope <laughs> game. <laughs>
1: yes. Awesome. The, the butterfly flapping his wings on one side <laughs> of the world affects this other part of the world.
0: Well, if you if you make that game, I'll I'll look into it. All right,
1: sounds good.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, I guess just kind of final final stuff. Any we talked about like your most recent game in Flip Town. Anything that you want people to kind of look out from uh for you coming up soon, <clears throat> kind of soon.
1: Um, yeah, from Button Shy, we're gonna do another sprawl. Sequel. This one's called uh right now. It's called it's called Casinopolis, Casinoopolis. We with each one we try to make them the, the word the name worse and harder to pronounce. <laughs> so success. Um, but that one's gonna have like a, actually a gambling sprawlopolis with a casino gambling twist. So it's kind of an interesting one. Um I mentioned circle of wagons two. Um uh we're we're working on that right now. So those two are are coming and then Ancient Realm, working on several different expansions for that. Um, and uh, so that's going to be coming soon also from Um, uh, I have some small games. We're, we're actually doing a reprint of Yardmaster with some more content and stuff. Um, and, uh, and another game uh, through Talent Strikes Games. That's another one. And then uh, 25th Century's... Um, got a game that Danny and I co-designed that there is in the art stage, um, which currently called uh, paradise resort. Uh, we'll see if that name sticks, but really excited about that one. Cause it's going to um, probably be the biggest game uh, to date that we've done. And it's been a long time coming. It's gone through so many iterations. Um, but I think with what, we put together, we're pretty excited about that. So, um, so yeah, that's a couple of the couple of other things that are on the horizon. And then, uh, working on another game f- through right stuff games to follow up flip town, um, uh, as well as a solo campaign for flip town. So a oh, cool. lot, a lot of irons in the fire.
0: I like, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. There's a lot of different things to look out for. So I'll make sure to kind of yeah, link, well, your your like social media, and at the very least, like your kind of like designer page on uh, Board Game Geek, but and whatever else I can to like point people to all these new things that will be coming out. So I'm I'm very excited about that. And yeah, I I saw I saw Casino Opolis or Casinoopolis <laughs> when I was clicking through your games too. And and you're not you're not going to be combining Casino to the the other ones. <laughs>
1: No, that one's gonna be a standalone. Standalone. <laughs> you uh, you can't combine it.
0: Okay. Well, because it has
1: some different mechanics going on.
0: Well, for for seemingly for your sake, it it sounds like that's going to be a welcome welcome little change, and and it sounds like the twist of the the betting elements are going to be really fun too.
1: Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so.
0: Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. I I had a blast, and like I said, a ton of things to look out from or from you coming soon.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you. See ya. Intertextual Cardboard Experience. The most eclectic podcast about board games and any other text that they connect to. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time here. Any further support, such as sharing the show with friends, following the page's socials in the episode description, writing a review, filling out the feedback form, or doing anything else you can think of is greatly appreciated. Keep playing, watching, reading, listening, uh, experiencing.